Greetings, fellow traveler, and welcome to the stories of Skyrim. Today I'll be recounting the last part of the brief history of the Empire, so stay tuned. A Brief History of the Empire, Part 4 In the first book of this series, described in brief the first eight emperors of the Septim Dynasty, beginning with Tiber I. The second volume described the War of the Red Diamond and the six emperors who followed. The third volume describes the troubles of the next three emperors, the frustrated Uriel IV, the ineffectual Sephiroth II, and the heroic Uriel V. On Uriel V's death, across the sea in the distant hostile Akavir, Uriel VI was but five years old. In fact, Uriel VI was only born shortly before his father left for Akavir. Uriel V's only other progeny by a Morganic alliance were the twins Morhaita and Elosa, who were born a month after Uriel V left. Uriel VI was crowned in the 290th year of the Third Era. The imperial consort Tunisa, as the boy's mother, was given a restricted regency until Uriel VI reached his maturity. The Elder Council retained the real power, as they had ever since the days of Katara I. The Council so enjoyed its unlimited and unrestricted freedom to promulgate laws and generate profits that Uriel VI was not given full license to rule until 307, when he was already 22 years old. He had slowly been assuming positions of responsibility for years, but both the council and his mother, who enjoyed even her limited regency, were loath to hand over the reins. By the time he came to the throne, the mechanisms of government gave him little power except that of the imperial veto. This power, however, he regularly and vigorously exercised. By 313, Uriel VI could boast with conviction that he truly did rule Tamriel. He utilized defunct spy networks and guard units to bully and coerce the difficult members of the Elder Council. His half-sister Morihatha was, not surprisingly, his staunchest ally, especially after her marriage to Baron Ufet Gerson of Winterhold brought her considerable wealth and influence. As the sage Ugarij said, Uriel V conquered Esranet, but Uriel VI conquered the Elder Council. When Uriel VI fell off a horse and could not be recitated by the finest imperial healers, his beloved sister, Morihatha, took up the imperial tiara. At 25 years of age, she was described by admittedly self-serving diplomats as the most beautiful creature in all of Tamriel. She was certainly well-learned, vivacious, athletic, and a well-practiced politician. She brought the arch of Skyrim to the Imperial City and created the second Imperial Battle Mage since the days of Tiber Septum. Morihatha finished the job her brother had begun and made the Imperial Province a true government under the Empress, and later the Emperor. 
Outside the Imperial Province, however, the Empire had slowly been disintegrating. Open revolutions and civil wars had raged unchallenged since the days of her grandfather, Sephiroth II. Carefully coordinating her counter-strikes, Morihata slowly claimed back her rebellious vassals, always avoiding overextending herself. Though Morihata's military campaigns were remarkably successful, her deliberate pace often frustrated the council. One councilman, an Argonian who took the Clovian name of Thorosiles Romus, Furious at her refusal to send troops to his troubled Black Marsh, is commonly believed to have hired the assassins who claimed her life in the 339th year of the Third Era. Romus was similarly tried and executed, though he protested his innocence to the last. Morihata had no surviving children, and Eloisa had died of a fever four years before. Eloisa's 25-year-old son, Pelagius, was thus crowned Pelagius IV. Pelagius IV continued his aunt's work, slowly bringing back under his wing the radical and refractory kingdoms, duchies, and baronies of the empire. He exercised Morihata's poise and circumspect pace in his endeavors, but alas, he did not attain her success. The kingdom had been freed of constraint for so long that not even a benign imperial presence was considered odious. Nevertheless, when Pelagius died after a notable, stable, and prosperous 29-year reign, Tamriel was closer to unity than it had been since the days of Uriel I. Our current emperor, his awesome and terrible majesty, Uriel Septim VII, son of Pelagius IV, has a diligence of his great aunt, Morihitha, and the political school skill of his great-uncle Uriel IV, and the military prowess of his great-granduncle Uriel V. For 21 years he reigned and brought justice and order to Tamriel. In the 389th year of the Third Era, however, his imperial battle mage, Jagar Tharn, betrayed him. Uriel VII was imprisoned in a dimension of Tharn's creation, and Tharn used a sorcery of illusion to assume the Emperor's aspect for the next 10 years. Tharn abused imperial privilege, but did not continue Uriel VII's schedule of reconquest. It is not entirely known what Tharn's goals and personal accomplishments were during the ten years he masqueraded as his liege lord. In the 399th year of the Third Era, an enigmatic champion defeated the battle mage in the dungeons of the Imperial Palace and freed Uriel VII from his other dimension jail. Since his emancipation, Uriel VII has worked diligently to renew the battles that would reunite Tamriel. Tharn's interference broke the momentum, it is true, but the years since have proven that there is hope of a golden age of Tiber Septim's rule, glorifying Tamriel once again. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's Stories of Skyrim video. If you liked it, please leave a like down below, share the video with a friend, and comment how you enjoyed the series so far. We just finished the very first um, book, quote-unquote, in the game, in the lore. So yeah, guess I'll see you guys in the next Stories of Skyrim video. Till then.